Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me on the internet, because we are quarantining and we are responsible adults. <laughs> yes. Caitlin Galiz Rowe from Uppercut. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Uh, just trying my best to survive in these trialing times. Um, it's a lot of crazy shit going on right now. Yeah. A lot of crazy shit. What, what a great time for us to have a podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, honestly, the di- this is like the time for content creators to like low-key thrive. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah, and it's it's a good time for us to kind of reach out. Um I do a podcast uh, another podcast where we all technically meet up, but none of us have our own equipment except for me. I'm the only one who has the main board that we record with. Mm-hmm. So we had to put it on complete hiatus and a pause um until we're able to uh, kind of blow all this over so no telling when that's gonna happen but God. uh yeah so that's that's been going on but um hopefully by the time this episode is released that shows back on but we'll see uh, but uh let me go ahead and finish this on up and then we'll go ahead and jump into some uh fun interview questions with you we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror this is a podcast that takes a different horror film and break down and discuss the ultimate question why horror so hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Awesome. Now, a few questions, first and foremost, because uh, we, we talked very briefly, uh-huh. you and I, about your fascination with horror and things like that. Um, but a few questions that I do have, like what, what started your interest with horror? Like why? Uh, I guess how old were you when you were just like, holy shit, this is really cool or this is scary or whatever? I'm trying to think. And I, That's a hard question. I genuinely don't know because I feel like it's just like always been something I've been into. Like I don't really remember a time of like not like <sighs> I've told Jess and Monty this like when we were in San Francisco um I was a very creepy child um in a lot of ways <laughs> and so like I think I've just kind of always been into weird macabre shit like when I was god I must have been like four years old um sure. I had a babysitter who would let me come over to her house to pick out movies before we went to mine and she babysat me and I don't know why she kept letting me pick because I only ever picked the same two movies and it was always The Last Unicorn and The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> yeah, so I've been that's like this forever, amazing. I guess. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, they, they, your your story sounds very similar to mine um, where my brother would also, I guess, do the exact same thing with me where he he was seven years older than I. So he would always, but he would like try to actually scare me mm. and he would try to show me some pretty wild stuff. And, um, and by wild, I mean like Nightmare on Elm Street, Candyman, stuff like that. Um, Jeepers Creepers. But, uh, in order for me to get ahead of him, I would just watch the movies first <laughs> and then I would choose the movies. So I would know all the scary parts that are going to happen beforehand. And it just turned into me fucking loving horror movies and i'm just like wow a whole new world has been discovered with these horror films and (laughs) it's it's quite interesting um but no that's awesome uh so with 
your dive into horror and things like that, like what, what, what would you say is like maybe the first official horror movie that you've seen? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, it was either. I'm trying to think. I know this is this is a tough question too because you get you gotta like really dive into that bank, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because a lot of my horror as a kid was actually books. Uh, oh. Yeah. So you're the first person on the show who said books. Oh yeah, me and Goosebumps, we were tight. Uh, oh damn, hell yeah! I read Bram Stoker's Dracula when I was like 11. Uh, damn, that's a big book. <laughs> I was a nerd. Um, <laughs> I read a lot as a kid. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I want to say the first horror movie I watched might have actually been the Bram Stoker Dracula film. Oh, nice, um, Gary Oldman's. Yeah, that's the first one Gary I like Oldman, really Winona remember. Ryder. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. It's it, it, it it's awesome too because like I feel like when it comes to Dracula, like that's such a romantic stylized movie Mm -hmm. and just it's so fascinating that like gothic horror was initially kind of like your first initial like as introduction into it because for some people gothic horror is really boring which i am Uh, i am such a gothic horror bitch i love gothic horror (laughs) i love just like anything that's extra um yeah like that hedge maze scene is like burned in my oh, brain hell yeah. forever <laughs> oh man such a good scene that's a great that's a great movie and it, and i love like gothic horror too like i'm a huge fan of it like i uh, like crimson peak and um even if we take it further back uh to where you have things like uh the mummy and the mummy is so uh, good okay if we're counting the mummy if we're counting the mummy then the mummy probably was actually my first horror movie oh sick yes we're for sure counting the money like that that is like a complete a classic horror movie and it is it is genuinely like if you really put your mind into that uh era you could see how scary that movie actually is and it, it it there is hints to it where you're just like oh holy shit if i was living in the 30s or 40s at this time like i would be petrified of this on screen yeah like the way it moves is terrifying (laughs) yeah yeah i think that might be my first one actually uh that's fair but yeah those i i definitely came up on like really old horror uh yeah like i had a period where whenever we went to the library back when VHSs were still a thing. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, my parents like always rent me like all the black and white, like horror movies, like all the Vincent Price shit and like Bride of Frankenstein. (laughs) And I'm lucky that my parents like indulged me in that. Cause like, I feel like that's kind of like a weird thing for like a 10 year old girl to be asking. Um, (laughs) But they were, yeah, they always didn't let me watch that shit. They watched it with me. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome that they were like down for that and they they weren't worried about like, I don't know, you coming out weird or whatever. Cause that, that was something that my parents were scared of with me. Yeah. My parents were, <laughs> my parents always just had to deal with me being a sensitive little bitch. Um, Fair. cause I, 
Me too. I either <laughs> I either cry or get scared really easy. Uh, oh sure. So like Courage the Cowardly Dog, I wasn't allowed to watch because I was obsessed with it, but it terrified the me. Dog was so scary. It was so scary. My mom was like, "You have nightmares about this show. You can't watch it." And I was oh, like, "But I amazing. like it." Yes, it's funny because I I used to be afraid of Space Jam. When I was little, oh. the, the aliens in Space Jam scared the, the shit out of me. Space Jam are pretty scary. There's like, they were. I really want to at some point get into like all of the childhood movies that are like accidentally horror movies. Oh, 100%. Cause like the dark, oh, cri- like if we want to talk about first horror movies, I would argue that the dark crystal was actually my first horror movie. The dark crystal is terrifying. It's so fucking scary. I don't even want to watch crystal it as an adult, so dude. Yes. Like I couldn't wa- I couldn't subject myself to watching the Netflix uh reboot because I was just like, nah, I remember that being like really traumatizing for me as a kid. Yeah, the like- <laughs> scene where the Skeksis like rip the one apart. Oh, oh my god. Dude, that fucked me up before life. Oh, I'm still traumatized. So, so bad. Oh my gosh, you and me both, you and me both. Ugh. It's it's wild. Like the the, the main the, the main things that we saw as children, even if we go back to like books and the TV shows like Goosebumps or Are You For The Dark or any of that stuff, um, it's absolutely interesting how things can kind of mold itself into, uh, I guess, turning us into these these horror movie buffs in a way. Yeah. Where, I think granted, kids are just I, super I receptive so- to horror because you have such an active imagination. That's fair. No, that's completely fair. Yeah, because it, it's it, it for for me now being older, like it takes a lot to get me scared. Like my my wife hasn't been here all week, and I uh, I watched horror movies like every day. I, I probably probably reached at least forty horror movies this week, mm-hmm. um, and it does nothing to me. I'm completely immune, and it's it's weird. Now that does not mean that I don't get creeped out. Or if I don't get, and that doesn't mean I don't get uncomfortable, because I do get uncomfortable for some from certain horror movies. Like uh, if you, I don't know, go to Ari Aster for example, got Midsummer and uh, uh, Hereditary and and stuff like that, and even his shorts are also pretty uh, pretty out there. But um, and I, I I remember listening to your episode of Paling Around, and, and I remember you said you didn't like it, right? You weren't a fan of Midsummer. Yeah, I'm not. I think I don't like Ari Aster. That's fair in general it's he has a very interesting style yeah like because i i didn't like hereditary and i thought it was just because like the two horror tropes that he went with for that film are two that i don't generally fuck with or think are interesting Mm, um and then but then i watched midsummer and i was like literally like my ex like we were together at the time and i finished watching it and she was like are you okay like a lot of my friends had a really visceral reaction and i was like I don't feel anything. Yeah, like this did nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this was just, it just, it was an hour and a half that I spent in my bed. Yeah, that's fair. That is completely fair. It's, uh, it's interesting you say that mainly because like, especially with your, your, your ex, um, saying people had such a visceral reaction because that, that, that a lot of people did and, and I watched it twice, uh, twice in uh, theaters, and I watched it a few other times after that, like the director's cut and stuff like that. Um, 
which have been all interesting, I guess. They're the director's cut especially because there's actually a nighttime scene in there where a lot of people are just like oh we're so glad that he didn't do nighttime stuff where it's just like well he did it just wasn't in the actual cut yeah <laughs> um but it, it's interesting that that movie had such an opposite effect on you because i know people who didn't like it because it made them feel so uncomfortable um uh, but you're the first person i met who's just like nope this movie just was absolutely zero emotion for me yeah like i felt stuff while i was watching it like the part with the hammer is pretty bad and like the the scene in the greenhouse (laughs) is pretty gnarly um but like and like if i talk about it with people i can definitely you know like summon a take or two appreciate it yeah yeah it just it didn't do a lot for me no that's that and that is completely fair. I mean, there's there's a lot of movies that did a lot for other people that doesn't do anything for me. Like my movie uh, that everyone loves for some reason, it follows. I hate that. Movie. Oh, I love that movie. I, everyone does. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. And I have a few episodes back uh, talking about it. I want to say it was like episode two or three uh, where we're talking about it follows. And uh if you want to hear my hatred for that movie, yeah, I'll have to listen. I've never really episode. heard anybody like dis like actively dislike it. I've heard people be like, eh, it was yeah. okay, but like No, yeah, I, I hate that movie with a passion. And the person who made us watch that movie a part of my podcast, his name is Freddie. Uh he wasn't there that episode. <laughs> so it was just me and my other colleague David who were there and we both didn't like the movie. Uh. And uh, he wasn't there to defend it. So we were just trashing this movie like crazy with God, that makes no me so upset. That's like I know, truly I know. one of my favorite movies. Oh, see. And it's so funny because it's a most listened episode. <laughs> <laughs> that episode has over, I think it was like 400 or 500 listens. And it was like, what? Because we hate it so much. God. <laughs> it's it's so interesting. Oh, our, our most loved, beloved or hated episode to date but it's our most it's our most successful <laughs> um but what would you say would you categorize your like and this is going to be a hard question it might be the hardest question i ask you yet uh, what would you say like categorizes like your favorite set of horror films i think i like situations where like there's clearly some kind of like metaphor happening but like the threat is still real like Mm. like it follows for example right like it it, obviously there can be allusions to like stis and like personal responsibility and relationships and um (laughs) like obviously that's all there but also like there is a monster that does walk behind you and it's gonna fuck your shit up um, yeah for sure totally. I, I like that kind almost of almost literally <laughs> i guess i like the vibe where it's like kind of slice of life feeling but like if you took slice mm. of life and made it horror hmm, okay oh that makes yeah I, I see what you totally mean because that, that that reminds me a lot of like get out yeah and i love um, get out i loved us um yeah i love kind of like that social commentary yeah kind of, kind well and i like stuff where it's like films. it's like it's like set in normal life but like shit has gone horribly awry but it's like like right. weird shit is like real and happening um even like creep like creep is like basically just a serial killer story but like yeah it's still very much that same vibe you know totally i mean mark shout out to mark duplass because like he's phenomenal 
Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Creep 2? Not yet. I need to. Okay. It's more of that. So it's just like, if you're into Creep, you'll love Creep 2. Okay, because I love <laughs> Creep, so. Yeah. Creep's fantastic. Um, and he, he always does, like, really, really interesting movies. Like, he, he was a part of that movie, uh, Tully. Have you, have you heard of that? It's such an odd movie. I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it, it's not a horror film. Um, well... It's not really, it's not a horror film, it, but it's with uh, Charlize Theron and uh, Mark Duplass. And initially, the, uh, they're married and they're having a, their first child. And um, some, I guess her brother or whatever, hires uh, a night nanny mm-hmm. for her. And um, she's, the night nanny's awesome, and it's it's. I'm blanking out on her name, but she's super rad. She's a fantastic actress. She was in um, uh, Black Mirror San Junipero mm. episode. Um, I'm blanking out her name, but yeah, she's rad. Um, but she initially was the night nanny, and they, I guess it was just like a weird turn where it turns out that T- the lady Tully was actually the night nanny, and she was just like having a split personnel. It was so weird. Huh. It's a weird fucking movie. It is so weird, but it, it like, it, it's just stuff like that, that he does. And every now and then he'll do comedy like the leak. And you're just like, Oh, interesting. This guy <laughs> could do it all. He's quite, he's, he has range. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's cool. Like, so those are your favorite types of horror movies are like those social commentaries and things like that. And uh, things drowned in realistic dread, uh, which are super duper cool. Um, would you say that you're interested in like, I don't know, like so, like serial killer movies and things like that? Not necessarily slashers, but literal literal serial killers like, uh, uh, gosh, it's blanking my mind right now. Silence of the Lambs. Um, I haven't actually seen Silence of the Lambs. So oh, that's fine. I don't know. I think those are a little bit too realistic for me. Oh, Usually fair. like I'll watch them and I'll probably like enjoy them, but like they're probably not going to be like the ones that really stick with me. Sure. Um, I definitely yeah, like more of those like it's not quite magical realism, but like that kind of vibe or like just straight mm-hmm. up like monster flicks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's uh. It, it, those serial killer movies are actually really, really hard to watch and swallow, especially depending on how visceral they're going to get. I just, I just watched one recently about uh, the serial killer in Germany in like the seventies or something. Um, But I think his name was Honda Tonka Mm -hmm. is the name of the guy. Uh, But the movie's called the golden glove, which initially was his favorite bar. And that's where he would choose his victims. Mm. Um, And, that movie was super duper brutal and they don't really show a crazy amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way that it's shot that it's like absolutely gnarly and visceral and just such a, a gut wrenching feeling because you just feel for these women. I mean, that's another thing too, that, that it makes it really tough for me is the fact that most of those serial killer movies are victimizing women. Yeah. Um, it's either that or gay men. That's really it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And and like that's that is one of those things that makes it so kind of tough to watch. And I'm I'm a huge advocate to who who claims that most horror films are very uh, feministic. Um, 
and they play very well with feminism and things like that. Like, I mean, granted, we've we've gotten the final girl trope, but that's still in a way I feel like that's still really masculine because of it being like a damsel in distress sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get like the super badass ones where it's like, whoa, hell yeah, g- yeah, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but like usually unfortunately enough like you get those from uh kind of rape revenge movies yeah uh like i spit on your grave or um revenge um gosh there's just so many there's a ton i'm not a super big revenge film person i know when i had kate sanchez on to talk about horror uh she brought up a few that were like pretty subversive um that i of course can't remember the name of but mm-hmm. yeah, by and large, that is not a genre I usually tend to dip into. Sure, yeah, totally. And and Kate, I'm sure, uh, could definitely attest because I I I have hard times with the the rape scenes, but I love revenge movies, um, mainly because they're directed by women, mm-hmm. and that's probably why they're so visceral and that they're so, uh, like, hey, this is how it is. This is this is. I, we're going to put you in this woman's shoes for this long. And it's so rough. And you're just like, holy crap. Like Jennifer Kent and um, I'm blanking out on her, on her name, but she's a, she's a French director. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, if I could find it really quick because she, she's also has done things. Uh, Coralie fuck it up. Um, she's also like super crazy visceral and, and, wants people to know like this is this is real this is shit that women unfortunately are afraid of and Mm -hmm. this world fucking sucks especially for women and it it makes me so upset and and i think that's why i have such connection with those movies is because um i i never grew up with my mom i grew up with my aunt um and my grandmother Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, my aunt was was uh, sexually abused. And um, those I think that's why I have such a connection with them, because it's just like, like, oh, oh, my gosh, thank gosh she came on top and she she was able to uh, unfortunately go through this traumatic experience, but was able to overcome this. And I, I, I just I don't know, like I, I, I there's such a, a strange genre and I never recommend them to people. Like I, I very rarely do. Like, yeah, it's a hard are... sell for sure. Yeah, I, I, I watch them alone. I don't, I don't really watch them with uh, friends or anything like that. <laughs> and it's just because th- they're rough. They're rough movies, and it, it, and I don't even know if I'm gonna do it for the podcast per se. Um, but we'll see. We'll see uh, how far we dip into that. Now, you, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier um, that like gay uh men and even gay women um how they're treated in 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 horror films i i, I want to expand on that a little bit more um do you how do you feel the representation is in horror films for uh uh gay people currently um or in general like of all of all of cinema because we, we've gotten some some great movies out of the like Rocky Horror Picture Show and and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think so. Queerness in film is really interesting because obviously, like, kind of with the same thing with like video games and everything else. Like the indies are always right. where it's at. Um, True, because yeah. that's usually like where queer people are making stuff. 
Um, mm-hmm. And the only queer rap I want to see, honestly, is by queer people. Um, <laughs> just that's just how it be right now. Um, true that. True that. <laughs> and um, I actually like one of my like can. I tend to come in and out of most of my hobbies and like things that I'm interested in. And something that definitely Mm -hmm. pulled me back into horror pretty hard was seeing queer horror movies when I was figuring my shit out. Um, Oh, dope. Yeah, because there was a logo, which used to be MTV's uh, queer channel. I don't know. I don't know what their deal is. I think VH1 owns them now. Um, Mm. But anyway, they used to have like queer horror movies like on the weekends and shit. Um, so I saw a lot of those and like, yeah, like May is still one of my favorites. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, wow. May. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I haven't heard that name in a while. Wow. Is that like 2004? Something something like that. that. It's older now. Oh my gosh. I really, really, I remember loving that movie. Um, I haven't Mm -hmm. seen it in a long time, so I I don't know if I would still feel that way in like 2020. Um, but I remember really, really liking it and being just like fascinated with it. Um, right. And so I think there is some really, really good queer horror out there. I think there's a lot of interesting Mm -hmm. stuff happening in that space. And there's a lot of really cool, like, especially in like the web serial and comic space, there's a lot of really cool queer creators. Um, but it kind of comes down to the same thing of like, Kind of what we were talking about with serial killer movies where, like, to me, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to watch a serial killer movie at that point, I'd rather watch a true crime documentary. Um, Oh, that's fair. And unfortunately, when you those things are already handled super poorly a lot of the time. And then when you, like, dramatize it even more to make it a horror film, um, Mm -hmm. the representation, like, really goes out the window usually. Um, Like. It's true. Like, I haven't seen Silence of the Lambs or any of those, but, like, I know just from talking to, like, you know, trans folks in my circles and stuff that, like, Buffalo Bill's depiction, while based in real life stuff, was also an amalgamation of a bunch of things that really just villainized queer and trans people. Yeah. Um, and that Very much so. That fucking sucks. It does. Um, and it's the same thing, like, like, Jeffrey Dahmer, like, any stories based off of him. Like, there's all this stuff that, like... Mm-hmm it kind of got gets used as propaganda against queer people in horror. Like a lot of horror films either are super intensely queer and like using horror as a way to rebel or they're using horror as a way to like continue horrible tropes about queer people, especially queer men as like predators. Um, mm-hmm. And it sucks. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. Cause in, Granted, I'm I'm a I'm a bit of an outsider looking in, right? Um, but it's something that I feel like is really important to talk about because, like, the first time I I've seen like queer baiting in a movie was actually Nightmare on Elm Street two. Uh, I think that's Freddy's Revenge, and the main character is completely like to me. I was just like, oh wow, like this is really cool. Like like this is a gay man, and they never touch it. I'm just like huh i'm just like so what's going on here like you you guys force him to have a love interest with a woman and it's just like no this dude totally likes that guy he likes her boyfriend not her yeah (laughs) it's and i don't know it's it's things like that where they make it super 
well, they undertone it a little bit. And I, I and the, uh, uh, another perfect example of, of something that happened uh, very recently, It Chapter 2. Yeah. Where it was, uh, we find out that, um, gosh, I'm playing on Bill Hader's, get Richie? Yeah, Richie. We found out that Richie has a thing for Eddie and completely brushed over in Chapter 1, where I feel like that could have been a great story to flush out even well, more. Well, and the reaction... <sighs> Can we can we talk about the queer discourse around it for yes. a second? Because yes, we can. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, yes, because like, have you read the book? Yes. Okay, so like, there is like blatant virulent homophobia in that book, purposefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is the point. Is like it this small town is it. shitty, and like it's not a good place for queer people to be. 100% opens up directly with that. Yeah, that the chapter, like the, the scene where the two dudes getting fucking hate crimed is like the second chapter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's horrible. So, so that's in the source material. And then mm-hmm. people being fucking uwu shit posters decide that the Babadook and Pennywise are queer and dating. Ugh. And I don't know where the fuck that came from. And, like, I thought it was funny. I definitely retweeted some because I was like, this is ridiculous. But then, like, then people were upset that, like, the movie depicted, like, blatant, (laughs) horrible homophobia that was in the source material. And I was like, like, I joke about being illiterate, but, like, are y'all actually? Because, (laughs) like, what do you mean? Also, like, just because, like, you decided to ship the Babadook with Pennywise, that doesn't mean they're actually queer. Like... Exactly. It just... People want to, like, take... This This is the thing that, like, this is going to be me being on my soapbox for a minute, but, like, so many queer people want mainstream media to be for Mm -hmm. them... And it's not. Mm. It will never be for us because, like, they don't want us. They just don't. Right. Like, Disney pulling the shit with Onward and all of that and, like, saying that Love, Simon, which is the normiest gay movie ever, can't be on Disney+. Plus. Like, they don't fucking want us. <laughs> so, like... In Wait, so it, does Onward have depicted... I haven't seen Onward, So actually. Onward has yeah. a gay character, but they're, like, a side kind character who's also a, a cop. Oh, interesting. So. Huh. Okay. Like, we're never going to get good Ooh. queer rep from Disney. It's just not going to happen. Like, if you no. can't take Love, Simon, which is truly the normiest movie about queer people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I haven't seen Love, Simon, but I've heard. <laughs> I've heard it was, like, very neutral. I hate that <laughs> fucking movie. I think it's dog shit. But, um, like... And it's the same thing with horror. Like, there is really cool, good, queer shit in horror. There are, like, I know multiple people who write, like, web serials and comics and, like, RPGs and LARPs that are all horror-based and they're all queer people. Totally. But, like, that shit's all on itch, you know? Like, that's not going to be in huge theaters. That's not going to be on, like, Barnes & Noble shelves. Right. Um, Exactly. And so, like, if you're looking for shit, like, you should be supporting your peers who are making the thing you want and not like shipping Pennywise and the Babadook, you know, 100%. Like that's not I real representation. I completely agree with that. Yeah. And uh, it, it makes me think about, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie raw by Julia, um, DeCorna. Mm-mm. So raw is initially about a, uh, 
a virgin girl who is exploring her sexuality, but she is a vegetarian who's working at a veterinarian uh, college. And um, there's this, I guess, hazing thing where they have they have to eat meat. Um, and she was forced to eat meat, but then she has an addiction to human flesh. Oh, fun. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's both ways, like a, a sexual addiction and a hunger for human flesh. So it's a cannibalism movie with like sexual exploration. Um, and it's actually kind of funny too. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really slow, but, uh, her roommate is gay and she, initially she explores with her roommate and it, it's, such an interesting movie um but there's even another one called knife plus heart i'm not too sure if you heard of that <clears throat> also another indie uh film um which i believe is on shutter at the moment but knife plus heart has such a great representation of um the gay porn scene especially uh in the 1980s uh-huh. it's such an interesting movie um but initially it's a it's a slasher flick um that has to do with uh it, it's all surrounded by um by gay people <clears throat> excuse me and um every character in there it, it's 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 just it's beautiful because it's it's full blown representation i'm just like this is what the fuck i'm talking about this is the kind of stuff that i want to see uh, especially when it comes to horror, like don't dip your toe in it. Go in, mm-hmm. you know, just go, just just go in. The water's fine. Like <laughs> yeah, well, like, especially because like uh, like horror, like this is. I know this is like a super basic thing, but like right, like horror exists because it lets people like explore societal things or like things that are uncomfortable. Um, yeah, and so much of that is reflected in queerness, and so like right. It's such a cool place for like those two things to converse and interact, and then totally. So like there, there, there is a vibrant scene, and I would like to see like you know more of that. Not in the mainstream because mm-hmm. fuck the mainstream, but just like more easily accessible, I guess. Yeah, totally. No, I I completely agree with that, and I feel like we're at a start with the smaller streaming services getting mm-hmm. a rise like um shutter and uh there, there's been a lot of promotion for like quibbly which is so silly to me still it's just i'm not paying for 10 minutes of content um, but, yeah i don't really uh, get that yeah I, yeah no what no if it was free sure i'll download it but no it, it's it's literally five dollars a month one extra dollar, you get full access to Shutter. No, yeah, um, I think I'm gonna get a Shutter <laughs> subscription now that I'm like. I think you will love it. Yeah, Kate had been talking me up on it, and I meant to, but I was like, I'm too busy. I don't really watch like TV or movies that often. I just kind of like have sure. Wee Bear Bears in the background. Hell yeah! All the time <laughs> while I do Hell other shit, yeah. I love that show. Um, it's so good. Yeah, so good. But I don't like sit down and like watch stuff very often. But sure. now that I'm home, I definitely have like more of that desire. And now that I've uh, binged through all of the terrible lesbian films on Amazon, I find myself in need of other things to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I think I'm going to get Shudder and just start. Yeah, I think I think you will love Shudder. Um, have you seen like, uh, I guess to keep the horror, the horror genre, well, not guess, like this is a horror movie podcast, so I have to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, have you seen like The Perfection on Netflix? No. 
yeah. So the perfection is also uh, has some very interesting uh, uh, queer representation as well, where uh, these two women. Um, it's actually Allison Williams who uh, was Rose in Get Out. Mm, okay. Um, and I'm blanking on the girl's name, but she was in uh, uh, Dear White People, I think it was the name of that movie. Mm. But I'm blanking on her name too. But um, it's initially both of them and their prodigies, uh, they're, cell- they're celloists, I guess, and um, they're initially prodigies, but the school that they went to abuse them to become prodigies oh and this movie is fucked beyond belief but holy shit oh my gosh this movie just it takes it's, it goes up and down it, it, it's it's wild it is wild um and then you have like more of the french horror with like a uh, high tension or um uh marianne which is a show that's on netflix as well um and it that's another one though that also did queer baiting um as well where the main character you assume that she's gay for the whole time or at least bi mm-hmm. but nope she just she just dates the dudes and whatnot and i'm just like huh Ugh. interesting i i don't i like it, 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 i i will i'll show you after this i'll 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll show you initially after this of what i mean um because you, you you'll even be like interesting because <laughs> um, it, it definitely it definitely caught me off guard where I was just like I could have sworn she had a thing for her but I guess not hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. Hmm. okay guess you're gonna write it this way got it guys uh, but yeah so, uh, switching gears a little bit um, what would you say is kind of like your fuck that horror movie like I know we, we touched this a little bit earlier if you like no go on like revenge movies or uh or kind of like uh i guess rape revenge stories and things like that um because i'm sure you're fine with a revenge movie just probably not a rape revenge right yeah and i mean even like i want to i want to go back and see like the movies that kate suggested um mm-hmm. now that i have more time um because obviously yeah. like i don't i don't like writing off like any subgenre completely because you know there's always somebody who's gonna do something cool absolutely but yeah. i think yeah i'm usually not a fan of the rape revenge stories um pl- palate cleansers for sure in between yeah i'd say give it a shot um because the, the stories honestly there are they are quite beautiful like especially the nightingale um very mm-hmm. very visceral and brutal scenes in there especially depicting rape um but uh, the initial cusp of the story, which the rape is very much the, a part of the story, um, is it's it just it, it it ends on such a high note, um, and it it deals with race racism and um, the eighteenth century as well. So it's a period piece. So it, it, it's such a fascinating movie. Okay. Such a yeah. I'm definitely movie. open to it. I need to like now that I like am gonna be like having more time. I definitely want to like do some more exploring. Um, I totally. think I don't like movies generally. I don't like demon possession shit. Um, oh really? I think that's it's, usually people's like go to. <laughs> I know. I think it's boring and dumb. Um, oh, that's that's you are the. Can you expand on that? Why do you think it's boring and dumb? I don't know. It's just like. You're like, I don't know, it's boring, it does. Well, it's just like, like every possession movie is just like, oop, a kid's being weird and creepy. 
Oh, they've been talking to <laughs> demons. Oh, now they're possessed. Oh, no. That is completely fair. It's like, bitch, I played that quest in Dragon Age Origins 10 years ago. Like, I'm good. Oh, hilarious. I'm fucking oh, solid, my you. guy. Um, I, I do like ghost stories. I just don't like... Well, cause, oh, well, I was going to say. Because my other one that I don't really like is I don't like modern hauntings, usually. Like like paranormal Yeah, activity? like paranormal activity is fucking okay. stupid. <laughs> I know a lot of people really like it. I'm sorry. I don't think it's scary. I think it's really stupid. Yeah. I also don't They're tend to mediocre. like found footage very much. Oh. Um, is there a reason why? I feel like it's really hard to get the pacing and like suspension of disbelief mm. right with a found footage mm. film mm. i think okay. creep actually does a really good job of it yeah but like a friend of mine and i watched hell house for halloween like two years ago um i was gonna say you probably would hate hell house yeah and i was like i didn't hate it but i was like oh this is not great like, I feel like there was a better I'm, way to tell this story. <laughs> and I'm with you. I thought uh, Hell House was actually a bit cheesy once they started adding things like the hands coming out of the wall and, yeah. and stuff like that. I was just like, oh, damn, this would have been so be- so much better if they would have just kept the subtle shit happening. Yeah. Like, and I think the, it's just like the I mannequin think it's, that was creepy. Like the concept of found footage, too, I feel like is I feel like they're really going to have to like switch it up as we get more modern because Mm -hmm. like people aren't running around with camcorders anymore you know sure and like if something's chasing you through your house are you really gonna pull out your fucking iphone and film it like i mean in this day and age maybe yeah i mean like there are people who would right but like like i don't know i I feel like the suspension of disbelief is getting harder and harder so i think something like um kind of more with like a vibe of like unfriended could probably work yeah, I was just about to say that. I was going to say, well, this is, this is going to, I feel like this decade that we're in now, we're going to see a lot more tech horror mm-hmm. where it comes uh, with like computers and things like that. Which is funny because I've started getting into ARGs recently, like not playing them because I'm not smart enough, but um, <laughs> my some of my friends do a podcast where they basically go through what happened in old ARGs. And a lot of them are horror because it just kind of lends itself to horror. And a lot of them are tech based because you're, you know, digging through computer files and shit like that. So I'm really excited to see that kind of be realized more in film because it's really fucking cool. And computers and shit (laughs) are creepy as hell. 100 percent. And that's that's why, like, with Unfriended or um, even searching, because yeah, I was going to bring up searching best job. And it's so good. So good. Yeah. And it did the best job of depicting an entire movie in the, uh, like, the disbelief. You believed every aspect of that movie. Yeah, 100%. And, and I feel like they did a good God. job of, like, you know, like, in video games, the whole, like, finding diary entries and stuff. And you're kind of like, why would this person oh, have sure. done this? I feel like yeah, searching absolutely. does a really believable job of like showing the little fingerprints we leave through life. That isn't 100%. like, here's my Bioshock like audio log. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it. I lo- I love how that movie just worked itself in and the mystery and so on and so forth. And I I see horror taking a step more into that direction, um, especially if you're able to figure it out to where it's done right 
and to make it exciting. Yeah, I'm um, super pumped for that. Me too. Me too. And I feel like that's going to be our new version of found footage. Um, and found footage is because for, for me, I, 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 I do like found footage. Um, however, I love found footage when it's like, I guess the fucked up found footage films are my favorite. Um, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of paranormal found footage movies just because I feel like that. But those are the ones that make the most sense. Because yeah. people are really doing that in real life. I mean, we have Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters. Yeah, and see, uh, I and hate the all YouTube that shit. Series. I think all that shit is really fucking goofy. <laughs> I, I find it real cheesy. Um, but I, I have a fascination with it. I still watch it um, just because I love horror in general. But at the same time, like I feel like the ones that I more so gravitate towards when it comes to found footage are... Uh, the serial killer ones, like a serial killer recording themselves okay. doing their shit, I guess. Uh, like Creep, for yeah. example. Um, even though that's him harassing one person, um, but you you'll have something like that, or uh, um, one that's really messed up. A man man bites dog, uh, which I don't recommend. Don't watch that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's a, it's a good movie. It's done really well, but it is it's it's very hard to watch. <laughs> Don't watch that. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, and even um, gosh, like out on the name, uh, the Poughkeepsie tapes and stuff like that. Like I'm a huge fan of um, and a movie that I felt like does something right when it comes to the paranormal aspect or whatever is uh, the taking of Deborah Logan. And um, I was talking to Nate about this movie a little bit uh, a little bit ago, Nathan. Um, and, uh, he enjoyed it. He, he definitely liked it, but at the same time, like it, it, it's one of those movies that you have to kind of separate yourself from the reality of it too. Um, because it's initially a movie that is about this girl who goes to check on this woman or, well, correction, she's a student and she's working on her thesis paper or whatever her thesis in general on Alzheimer's disease Mm -hmm. and this woman named Deborah Logan has Alzheimer's so she's uh initially staying with her with a group with a crew and uh she's studying her talking to her uh initially trying to uh figure out how she's coping with Alzheimer's disease and with that being said there's something even deeper inside of her and so it's it's one of those movies that kind of takes you out for a loop where you don't know it's paranormal until it's paranormal, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is kind of neat. And I feel like that's a really cool way to separate it from it being like, there's a ghost in my house and I'm going to record it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just feel like it was just super cheesy. Um, but another one that does a really good job of this is um, One Cut of the Dead, uh, which is very cheesy and it knows it um but it's initially about this uh and it's it's in japanese i think or korean um but it's initially this guy who wants to direct his uh version of a zombie movie Uh and while he's doing his zombie movie there's a real zombie outbreak happening (laughs) it is bonkers and it's so fun and it's so silly that's on shutter and i would say once you do your shutter uh account by all means, 
definitely you uh, watch that one first because it is so good. Hell yeah! Because surprise, <laughs> so unsur- unsurprisingly, good. I love like campy, cheesy bullshit. Like I love things that I love anything that's on its own bullshit. Um, Fair enough. So that sounds very much like my cup of tea. Like I love American Horror Story. Is American Horror Story good? No, no, it's not. It's abysmal. <laughs> I'm I glad you said the right answer. <laughs> love it. I. That's fair. Love it. Except for Asylum. Asylum is dog shit, and everyone in the world can fight me. Um, Asylum. Freak Show is the best season. Oh, Dropping more Asylum fucking is, hot is, takes. Whoa, 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 wait a second. You just said Freak Show is the best one over Murder House? Yes. Wow. Dang. I think that. All right. I think that. We could be best friends because I'm digging that hot take. Yeah, I think that Murder <laughs> House is like a more coherent, like, horror vibe. But I think that Freak Show tells the best story. I completely agree. Completely agree with that. Hell yeah, Prince. Fuck yeah. Yeah, like we're on the same fucking I normally get screamed at whenever I say that. (laughs) No, 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 no. Because that makes total sense because that that story had you actually feel for that. Yeah, like I recently, last year I went through a weird period in my life where I was like, I'm just going to rewatch American Horror Story. So I watched yeah. Coven first because I just wanted to see, because I remembered really, really liking Coven. Um, I don't think I remember that one. And upon watching it, I was like, you know, this isn't as good as I remember it being. And then I watched for- <laughs> Oh, is that the one with the witches? Yeah, that's the witch one. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. It, it's coming. It's coming. I just like, I forgot how off the rails it gets so quickly. And like- that's oh. why I didn't like Asylum. Yeah, Asylum with the aliens, aliens and shit. I was like, fuck off. And I was like, what? Um, like the first one was the first episode of that was awesome. Like with the the demonic possession happening to a nun. I was mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah, I'm into this. Let's get it. But then, nope. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> I stopped. Just forgot about that. I stopped watching it because I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Um, yeah, but like, I, I didn't watch Hotel. I love Hotel. Uh, I didn't watch that one. I think that, I, I watched one episode and I, I was like, all right, let's see where they're going. Yeah, I love Hotel. <laughs> Hotel is like probably my favorite, even though I think Freak Show is like the best. Sure. Um, But yeah, I think Freak Show just like because Ryan Murphy's not great at like completing a story. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's great at going off the rails. <laughs> yeah, like he's great at doing wild shit, but he's not good yeah. at like, which is so funny because I've been watching his true crime stuff that he's been doing. So much more coherent, and I think it must be because he has to follow a story that already happened. Yeah. What else has he made? Um, he did. He did Glee, which is that's just a nightmare. Um, he did Pose, which I actually do really like Pose, but he was not the main person on Pose, which is why I think it's like more under control. Um, Mm -hmm. it's also more based in like real history. So I think like when you put the limits of reality on him, it helps a lot. Um, fair enough. He also made that, uh, Netflix, like mini series, uh, on the dramatization of the murder of Gianni Versace. Uh, Oh yeah. With Darren Chris, which that is very good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I like I like Ryan Murphy despite myself. Um, but yeah, I think oh he he did Scream Queens as well. Yes, Scream Queens oh, is another okay. one that's fucking batshit, but I loved it. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Because uh, he reminds me a lot of um, 
man. Brian Miller, I think is his yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah, like he he did like Star Trek and stuff like that. Yeah, like they very much have same energy. Yeah, um, but Brian Miller, he did uh, he did um, fuck Hannibal mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, oh I God, watched wow. a lot of Hannibal wow. with my ex. Um, that show is batshit. Yeah. Oh my god, this show's gnarly. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a show. Yeah, um, the fact that that was on like regular television will never not be astonishing fuck. to me. Seriously. Oh my god, I'm just like they got away with it. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Um going back to a little bit to American Horror Story for a, a little mm-hmm. bit there. Now, with American Horror Story, I I I enjoyed Murder House a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh the second one was Asylum, which the trailers made it seem like it was going to be awesome, and but then it, it sucks. Yeah, it was super bad. Was Freak Show the third one? Coven or is third Coven? and then Freak Show. Okay. So it's okay, like, so what is it? Four. It's Murder House, Asylum, Coven, Freak Show, Hotel, Roanoke, Cult. Which I liked. And then Apocalypse, I, I believe. Okay, and then 1984. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, so I like I liked Roanoke. I didn't finish went- Roanoke. Okay, I'm not going to say it then if you finish it cuz it, cuz I it, there's a certain part there's a point in there where I'm just like this is so stupid. I got to the part but, in Roanoke where Lady Gaga shows up. Um Okay. <laughs> and then that's as far as I got. I was like that got episode it. was just a lot and I was like Yeah. I don't know if I'm invested in this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do like that most of his stories are depictions of I guess inspirations of other things like a uh, freak show being of the 1920s movie freaks, mm-hmm. um, which is a messed up movie. Jeez. Um, have you seen that freaks? I haven't. Okay. If you like F- freak show and if you, if you want to see how the depiction was back then with actual disfigured people, watch freaks. <laughs> it's from 1922. I don't know <laughs> if my sensitive ass could handle that. that- Completely fair. Um, Completely fair. <laughs> a fun Caitlin anecdote about like just what a like emotional bitch baby I am. Um, my mom showed me one flew over the cuckoo's nest when I was like I don't know somewhere between like nine and eleven, and oh, man. um I didn't know that lobotomies were a thing, mm-hmm. and so finding that out I fully lost my shit like was crying was screaming and my parents were like so taken aback because they didn't like think about it at all sure and i was like the fact that humans could do that to each other and like had it be a medical practice like really fucked young caitlin up Um, oh my gosh so and like like i like i've never seen the elephant man because my dad was always like i think i don't think that you can handle it and I was like, that movie's sad. And I was like, that's so, fair because yeah, I am a sensitive bitch. Yeah, you don't want to watch that. The movie's very sad. Um, but yeah, Freaks is pretty intense. Um, but initially, it's just them putting on a show, uh, and that's that's the main portion of the movie of Freaks. Um, but I still say, if you if you are interested. You, you can find it on your own time. <laughs> but yeah, Freak Show is initially, that was like where the inspiration came from for that. Um, Hotel was, uh, I think that was H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. Is, is, well, I like, I like that. I like that horse American Horror Story takes like a base thing. Yeah. And then expands on it with all this other wild shit. Because like, 
Murder House is a real, there's a real house in LA that's like that. Yeah. And I can't yeah. remember the name. Um, and then obviously there's so many notorious asylums. Um, yeah. The, or was Hotel actually based on the Cecil Hotel in LA? It's based on, it's a hybrid of H.H. Holmes and the Cecil Hotel. Okay. All right. That, all right. That makes total sense then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that, God, the Cecil Hotel, I, I would love to see anything created from the inspiration of that. Yeah, I have like because, a I have like a wow. note on my phone of like a short story I want to write about the Cecil Hotel. Um because like all Gnarly. the ghost stuff there is so interesting. Like that's the ghost shit that I'm into. Yeah. Is like I like period oh. piece ghosts. Yeah, sure. That yeah. aren't like, ooh, look, have this fucking yeah. night vision camera of a thing <laughs> getting knocked down. <laughs> I'm not too sure what kind of music you're into, but if you like post hardcore music, there's a band called Hail the Sun. And Hail the Sun has a song called uh Disappearing Syndrome, which is initially about Alyssa Lamb, who was the woman who died in the Cecil Hotel in the water tank. Uh-huh. And the song is all about her, but they have other like miniature depictions of things that happen inside that hotel. Um and my wife, she loves the band. But she didn't know that they were talking about the hotel because uh, she's from L.A. And um, I told her, I was like, this song's about the hotel. Like, and, and she's like, what? She's like, it's like oh, interesting. I, I thought it was just about Alyssa Lamb because I t- I, she didn't know that Richard Ramirez lived in the top floor of the hotel. Yeah, he did. Yep. And she had no idea. And I told her, I was like, there's a, there's a line in the song where it says there's a stalker on the top floor. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Like, yeah. Oh my God, you have oh to watch Hotel. I, I I think I need to finish it because I, I I stopped after I saw the dude getting raped with the drill. That part like, is awful. Um, that part does last a very long time. They go <laughs> very long. Time. That scene goes really hard for a long time, and it's so much. But there's a yeah. whole. I hear that's it after. That, yeah, it doesn't happen again. They said. Yeah, they said that's the most shocking thing. Yeah, and then um, there's, like, a whole storyline about serial killers in the hotel. Um, Sick. And there's also, like, ghost shit, and it's so good. I love that. I love hotel. It's... All right. I I think I'm going to go back, then. I think I'm going to go back, because... Lady Gaga is just just... playing herself, and it's incredible. (laughs) Of course. Also, she and Angela Bassett make out, so... What? Mm-hmm. I'm down. Yeah, very good programming. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh man. Um. Oh, geez. Okay. Because uh, do you like horror shows then, do, or do you prefer horror shows because it's a it's a more fleshed out story? I do. I tend to prefer television okay. over film. Okay. Generally, just because I think by having it be episodic, you get the chance to like build the world and tell the story. Oh man. More. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, and you said you like period pieces as well, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Penny Dreadful? I have. I haven't finished it yet, but I started okay. watching it. Okay. Because, oh man, once you finish that, Jesus. Yeah. That is such a fun, fantastic story. And it's bonkers and it makes no sense, but it is really good maybe it will make more sense if i watched it all together but it's really good and i think they're all on netflix right now because i think showtime has that uh 
partnership. Yeah, I started it on Netflix because a friend of mine was like, you have to watch this. Um, Dude. And I I started it, but I haven't had a lot of bandwidth for like new shows. So I haven't continued with it. But yeah, I really liked what I watched of it. Well, if you want a show that's one and done, Marianne is only 10 episodes and it's French. Okay. Um, And technically it is a ghost story, but it is hands down, hands down, one of the best ghost stories I've ever seen in my entire life. See, I like ghost stories. I just don't like modern bullshit ghost stories. This one's about a ghost that comes from a book. Perfect. And it's a story that she wrote. That the author of the of the show, oh. it is fantastic. It's all in French, but oh my god, it is rough. Okay, but it is good. I want to read that. <laughs> I, I think you will love it. I, I want to read it. that or watch that. Um, Jess and Andrew and I actually started watching Haunting of Hill House when I was in Sacramento with them last year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. How how that goes? You guys finish it? We didn't, but we watched like I think the first five episodes. Um, okay. and we've been meeting, I think now that we're all <laughs> fucking quarantined, we might finally be able to finish it. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really, really liked that too. Awesome. Yeah. Haunting the Hills is great. Um, the, uh, you know what? Actually, I think Jess and Andrew were telling me about that, uh, that you guys did start that because I had them on the show, uh, previously. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, I would love for you guys to finish that. He's great. The, uh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Flanagan. Yes. He's great. He's great. He did Dr. Sleep and Dr. Sleep was also really good. I haven't seen it, but um, yeah, I really, really liked what we saw of it. Um, We just didn't have enough time to finish it. So hopefully we will now. Right. Yeah. I mean, Netflix parties. I mean, that could happen. That could be a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. I can't wait for you to It was really, really fun. Uh, one last question before I will let you go enjoy the rest of your quarantine self. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why horror? Like what, what it is about this genre that just keeps you coming back? Well, like I said, I've always been a creepy kid. So I think that kind of played into it. I don't know. It's just like, it's fascinating to me to take mundane situations and make them scary. Mm. Um, yeah, fair. or to take... Like, I think fear is so interesting because it can come from so many things. Like, it can come from the fight or flight of, like, a slasher, but it can also Mm. be, like, very deep and psychological. Like, I don't know, like, something like Seven. Um, And there's just, like, there's so much range for it. Like, it can be anything. Like, I always make jokes that I could probably argue for just about anything being a horror property. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's largely true because horror is just it's dealing with so much societal shit all the time that like, um, on Palin around recently, the most recent episode we had Dia Lucida on to talk about animal crossing. And she brought Mm -hmm. up the fact that like cuteness is not apolitical. And I think the same thing goes for horror where like, she was talking about like, who is this cute for? Like, who is it geared towards? Why would they think it's Mm. cute? And I think it's the same thing with horror of like pretty much anything is someone's nightmare and like digging into that, especially like as marginalized people where the world is pretty scary for us a lot of the time. Like, I think it's both cathartic and empowering a lot of the time. 
Yeah. Um, and I think it's just totally. like a way to like work through that in a way that's like more socially acceptable than just like screaming in the street, you know? It's completely fair. Yeah, totally. No, that makes a lot of sense. It, it there's a lot of catharsism that that you can find inside horror and that I'd never thought of it that way. Like who was horror made for? Like who, who says that, uh, you can't watch horror or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, it's and, like, it's, it, it was a point I hadn't thought about either. Cause you know, yeah. I feel like we kind of take certain things for granted as like, Oh, this just mm. is cute or this just is scary. And it's like, I think right. get out proved like there are certain situations that are very much like not scary for some people that are terrifying 100%. for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and Get Out is, is the perfect example. I have a I think a, a, we have a two and a half hour episode just breaking Get Out down. Mm-hmm. And um with my experiences and things like that, because my wife is um also white and I'm black. Mm-hmm. So it's just like So that's like very that close to home certain, for you. One hundred percent. Where in, it was just it was like when Get Out came out, her family would always make the joke. There's like Prince, is this how you feel? <laughs> and I was like, I mean now I'm sorry too because you're asking me. <laughs> I know. I like well, like I, my my ex is um an Asian woman, and she was mm-hmm. doing a D and D podcast with a bunch of white dudes, and I was like, they're gonna steal your body for your youth. Like, do not do this. Like, as a white, <laughs> I know we cannot be trusted. <laughs> you're one of the good ones, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm, I'm like, I'm a white. I'm fully a white. But I, I grew up in like, <laughs> my mom is a woman of color and stuff like that. So like, I have a little mm-hmm. bit of, I guess, context. But yeah, yeah. Totally. I was like, as as a white, I know we cannot be trusted. Do not play D and D with these men. They're going to kill you. <laughs> this is a plot. This is the ploy. You're gonna wake up in a basement, like. <laughs> oh no oh the coagula it's real literally i was like this is like this is like a couple days ago because we're still good friends and so we were talking and she was telling me about this and i was like they're gonna fucking kidnap and murder you they're gonna steal your body oh no oh no (laughs) run away yeah literally i'm like do not do this yeah totally no that's that's funny oh that's really that's really really funny yeah it's interesting because like I feel like on, on on certain spectrums, like there's not a lot of black horror representation. There is not a tremendous amount of proper gay representation um, in horror as well. And like, I feel like these are two kind of hand in hand things that are starting to be combated a little bit more mm-hmm. and uh, starting to make themselves known. Like, like, hey, like, dude, we were here and we have stories to tell. And this is our story. Yeah, and I I want to watch those stories. I want to experience those stories. I want I want to see those stories come into fruition. Yeah, I honestly think that horror is really the most powerful when it's in the hands of marginalized folks. Like, I think that's I why it follows does hit really hard for a lot of people sure. because it's like um, it's not a revenge film, but it does show how precarious like being a woman engaged in sexual politics can be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, yeah, just so many of the horror movies that I enjoy come from marginalized spaces because I think, like, those stories are just so much more impactful. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, the creators are all obviously, like, really skilled, too. Um, 
but yeah, I think that horror just gives you a lot of room to play with your marginalization that like other things don't really aside from like comedy maybe. Right. Yeah. These, those are those genres that allows you to take those risks because mm-hmm. you're not, you don't have a lot of money, I guess, put into it. Right. Where you're, you're making these movies or, or whatever to where uh horror films, I like you very rarely see a high budget horror film. I mean, the ones that we do see, I, I definitely go still support like it, I think was the, the highest, uh, so far at least. Um, but with those budgets and those restrictions and things like that, that just means you have to get even more creative now to tell this story. And that being in comedies, especially dark comedies, though, a one that is more sub genre inside of, uh, a comedic aspect of anything because not too many people understand dark comedies or like them or are just like that's not funny like that's morbid and sick and disgusting and for me i'm just like oh i love that shit like no that that was hilarious like like come on this is the this is really cool stuff um like there's a very strange movie on hulu called uh greener grass have you heard of this Mm-mm. greener grass is ridiculous but it is hilarious and it is so dark so so dark but initially it's like if david lynch were to make a movie about like i don't know desperate housewives or something oh wow yeah it's weird it's such a weird movie but i'm so for it (laughs) i'm so for it i love that movie um because it's very rare that i cringe in horror movies but the things that make me cringe in horror movies Anything that has to do with teeth, fair. <laughs> anything, anything, um, and nails. Yeah, teeth and eyes and nails are all bad. Yeah, see, eyes don't get me that bad. Uh, they're just like, all ugh, teeth. Ugh, oh, eyes are rough teeth for me for sure. Get me. Oh, that's fair. Like I've, I've never seen. Like I've never worn braces before, but I've never seen a movie take someone who has braces and rip their own braces out. Oh fuck. Right? Oh, I don't like. Oh that. my god! Like I'm like, I'm like cringing thinking about it right now. I hate that. But that is the only warning I give people who want to see greener grass because if that's something that is going to bother you, that is a trigger warning that I for surely do want to tell people. Yeah. So trigger warning: if you watch greener grass, you could skip that scene as soon as she starts fucking around with her teeth. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> it is bonkers and it is long it is like a 45 uh, second to one minute thing it is long Jesus. <laughs> so yeah so goddamn. <laughs> but caitlin thank you so much for joining me like this is great yeah. uh, where can people find you on the internet uh you can find me the person at uh cg at eight r's on twitter.com um, and you can also find the podcasts and stuff that I do for Uppercut over at Uppercut Crit or UppercutCrit.com. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute blast. You've been great. Uh, and by all means, you're welcome back anytime. Like, this was a lot of fun. I want to get, I want to have an episode with all of you from Uppercut uh, if you guys were down. <laughs> Um, but we'll see how that looks out in the future. Um, but no, seriously, thank you so much for joining me and uh, taking the time for uh, uh, to do this. This has been a lot of fun.
Um, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this on out and you can enjoy the rest of your day. This was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me on the internet, we had Caitlin. Once again, thank you. You've been fantastic. Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you will have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.